back to another episode of What's the Word? Uh, good to be back with you, Dallas. Good to see you again. Good to see you. And here we are in the month of February. Day right? after Valentine's day Day after Valentine's Day. Day after Ash Wednesday. Like oh, that, Ash that Wednesday. Contrast. Yes, yeah. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, but still good to be Good to be in this love month. Good to be having conversations about the love and all things that the world's talking about right now. We talked about a lot of things so far. We have. Uh, we got marriage and dating out of the way last week. And so now we're going to flip side it and talk about singleness, which I will start by just saying what we mean by that is not married, right? So right. it's not just the whole like single, I'm not dating some, or I'm, yeah, I'm, you know what I mean? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because it's funny, like, like when I say singleness, a lot of things come to mind. Well, I'm not single, I'm dating someone. And it's like, well, no, what I mean by singleness, when we talk from a biblical perspective, is going to yeah. be about not being married. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what that means. What does the Bible have to say about it? Um, is it God honoring? What should the single person be thinking about? What should all this stuff, how should we feel about exactly. people who are single? Things like that. And I'm, I'm as a guy who's been single for a very long time, not married for a very long time, uh, I'm really thankful that we're having this conversation because I think it's one of the lost ones in the yeah. church. I, I'm excited about it too um, because this is not something that I am incredibly familiar with. Sure, yeah. And so that's one of the beautiful things about us having this project together is that I think we stretch each other. Absolutely. And I think that we, you know, we get to to then come back together uh, and discuss topics that that grow us yes. and stretch us a little bit. And this is one of those for me. Absolutely. Well, get us started with Psalm 19. Psalm, we love going there to Psalm kind of 19, calm us down and get us going. Nineteen fourteen. may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Awesome. And I think, yeah, we breathe. We and breathe as we a little breathe, bit easier. Kind of give, give people a little bit of insights too. We kind of want to give you a little bit of an apology for oh, the last yeah. episode. The last episode was a little disjointed. I know, I know uh, mom's got some thoughts on that one. Uh, so like, but we were talking, we were so she passionate knows. that we were talking over each other and things like this. Uh, and so there's this invitation to to pause mm-hmm. and to breathe that this verse gives to us. We actually did start for this episode. You'd think we'd been doing it. It took 19 episodes for us to just pray before we get started. Because, uh, yeah, getting a little peace and reminding ourselves that, especially Dallas and these tough conversations that we're having, it's not Dallas's words or, or my words that, mm-hmm. that are that are the important things. It's what does the Bible actually say? What's the word and today about singleness? About singleness. And I think that it would be it, out of out of all of the episodes that we've done, this series, I know we were hesitant to call it a series, yes, but it is a series, is. Yeah. Uh, would have been the easiest for us to pull in outside extra biblical sources. And, and we have not, we've not really done that. I mean, yeah. this is because the whole premise behind this podcast is what does God have to say about this? What mm-hmm. does his word tell us? Because this is not um, a, an obsolete book. This is not something that just needs to collect us. Like this is actually our manual for living. And there's gonna be useful information nestled in within these pages. And God's not gonna leave us to our own devices. He's gonna give us a plan for everything. And that includes our topic for today, singleness. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that out because that's gonna be the challenge for us continuing the episodes in front of us. Because we still have a couple more weeks with this. We do. A couple more weeks in the month of February. And it it would be so easy for us to bring in what the outside perspective mm-hmm. is, what the psychological world has to say. We probably dabbled a little bit, a little bit about it last week, so it's so it's good for us to just tackle this topic because it, because I actually would offer that the world's not even talking about singleness. No, no, and and and, and singleness is pretty prevalent. That's at least one of the things that that I've noticed in in my life is that that. Everybody just assumes everybody's married. Everybody's doing all the things. Everybody's in relationships. Um, but the truth is actually like my situation, for instance, being 35 years old and not not married yet, um, is somewhat more common than most people think. So it's yeah. good for us to acknowledge this. Paul acknowledges this. This is We're actually a uh, breath of fresh air for our listeners, Dallas, pretty much just camping in one chapter of the Bible today um, because it's just such a crucial, important chapter on the topic of singleness. And it's Paul. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7. And and y'all, the way that Paul talks about being unmarried, the language that he uses is that it's kind of a gift. It is a gift. Which is so, and and I I will bring in this outside. I see see I'm so tempted. Uh, I think within the church, and I especially hear this from single sisters of mine, right? Right. Women who are single, who are not married. um, There's a lot of guilt 
brought oh, yeah. into the lives of people who are single as if somehow we're not God honoring because we haven't gotten married yet. Or you're defective. Yeah. Because you're not you're not partnered up with somebody. Right. Or, what's, or married. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Know, you? Yeah. Why? Why aren't you married yet? You know. You know. Exactly. Uh, and so it's one of those that I think it's just a, such a crucial one to actually turn to God's word and see what it actually says. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so interesting is Paul, if I had to kind of summarize for it here in 1 Corinthians 7, what is what does the word of God say about the topic of singleness? He kind of says, if that's you, great. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you need to be married, and that's what's so interesting is the way Paul uses this language. Mm-hmm. What we're going to hear, friends, is if you need to be married, then by all means, go be married. Go be married. And I think that's so interesting because uh, to me, at least, it, it hits a wall against the conversation that's usually had with particularly single women. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's kind of, well, what do you, what do you mean need? I don't need. I don't need a man. I'm, I'm independent. Yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm a American. strong, independent woman. Yeah, and, and and Paul's going actually. Go back and listen to our last episode on being married. That right, it's, that's not what that's not what it's about. Right, and and, and I guess where I'd carry that right because marriage takes strength. Mm-hmm. Marriage takes a lot of work. Marriage takes a lot of work. But sort of singleness. Singleness yeah. is hard. Singleness takes a lot of strength. We've we've talked about um, different vantage points. Good. Okay, so coming at the same situation from a different angle. Yes. And I think that we have been trained, so trained, to think of singleness as a an obstacle or a burden or a defect sure. in some way. But Paul doesn't doesn't show us that. Paul shows us singleness, and I love I love the language. And to be fair, to be you know to be honest, I never really paid attention sure. to the word gift. Yeah. Like I never it one it didn't apply to me. I mean, it, I've I've been married most of my adult life, mm-hmm. and it didn't it it so singleness didn't apply to me. Um, but the word gift, yeah, that is super interesting to spin it. I don't want to spin it, but yeah. to to turn it yeah. and look at it from a different vantage point. And I think that Paul, you know, for he has he is so locked on the marriage relationship and the marriage covenant, and also on the single side of it. Yeah. And I just think it's, I think it's beautiful. And, I think and, it's beautiful. And it's because what we see in Paul's letters, Paul is dealing with a culture that doesn't know Jesus, mm. a culture that is very physical. Very. Uh, so very uh, sexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's got to talk about, okay, well, what does God have to say about these things? So I feel like we should jump in. Yep. Uh, and it's kind of, we're jumping in a little bit into the chapter because he's going to talk about marriage, but we'll kind of touch base on that next. No, we no, we talked about that couple. last. Okay, we good. talked about that last okay. last episode is when we really nestled down with the marriage. The with the 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 trigger word, um, wives submit to your husbands. Sure, sure. So sure. that's just, the passage right before where we're going to start today. Good, and it's just a little bit in First Corinthians seven, and then we get to verse seven, and he says. I wish that all people were as I am. And he's talking about unmarried. Yep. Okay, so again, I even hesitate to use the word single because of how much, but that's what we're talking about. Right. So, so single, unmarried. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift mm-hmm. from God. One person has this gift, another has uh, that. So again, it's just interesting where he starts. Yeah, both as a gift. Marriage and singleness right. are gifts, but... Yeah. So let me ask you, let me, pop, sure. pop quiz. Good. There you love, go. Turn the table. Yeah. I love it. Different vantage point. Pop quiz. Okay. So there's a lot of talk um, outside. We have outside talk. We have outside voices that we hear uh, on abstinence and celibacy. Sure. So what, how, how would you categorize, define those in the way that we're looking at this as a gift? How would you, how would you classify those two, those two things? So I'm hearing both of those words and feeling they're synonymous. Not synonymous. Okay. Not synonymous. Okay. So, and it's so interesting because I know this past summer, I had an eye-opening conversation uh, with people that have been involved in the same church body that I've been involved with since we were young. And I learned particularly that women or young girls over my childhood got a very different conversation than I did. We did. And so, and I do, for instance, remember being in, and I don't, I feel like at this point we have to qualify the whole young ears listening yeah, again. Yeah, we, we do. I didn't know that we were getting into some of this, but but we are. So so make sure that if you are, maybe it's another moment that you want to pause it for right now that I'm just extending this a little bit so that mom has that time to, to hit the pause button if, if they're listening or the dad. Anyways, 
I remember, for instance, at one of my years, and this was not in the church. It was just in in school. Okay, it was taught differently. It's not just the church, but I remember the girls learning the abstinence song, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know, the boys didn't learn the abstinence song, but the girls did. So that's interesting. So I hear abstinence as I'm abstaining from right. having sex until I'm married, right? And then celibacy is someone who uh, also is not choosing not to be engaged in sexual activity. But the the celibacy, you think of like a vow, like it's a religious, it's got a religious, uh, there's a religious undertone with the celibacy. And we see, so one of the things that I, I, I wanted to touch on that, because while we're looking at Paul, Paul wasn't just abstaining. That wasn't he wasn't just abstaining for a time because we we've seen that in his in 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 his Corinthian letters that you know we need to not withhold physicalness sure. from husbands and wives yeah. you know except for a time um, he's not just abstaining for a time this is his this is his uh, religious vow this is what he has decided um, and accepted as his gift from God and and so we can see that in in First Corinthians. Good. Seven, seven. We see the abstinence kick in. Um, if you want to go back to Matthew, like Matthew one, Joseph had no union with Mary until sure. after Jesus was born. He didn't take a vow of celibacy. He wasn't gonna. This this wasn't gonna be something that was lifelong. This was for a time, and so I think that's important to establish those kind of parameters when we're talking about singleness, um, because there are two different ways. There are two different ways to look at it. We, we've spoken about how dating is leading up to marriage, mm-hmm. okay? But singleness um, falls into a, a little in my in my my mind, and you sure. can you yeah. can help me out with this. Um, falls into to two possible camps. One is this is um, this is what what God has given you, and you are fully embracing that. Good, okay. And then the abstinence is well, I'm currently not in a relationship. I'm not, or I'm not, I'm not married. Let me, yeah, rephrase that. Sure. I'm not married, so I'm abstaining. And Paul is going to get us into all right. of this good. Because I, and, and as you were talking, I was like, okay, this has helped me understand because abstinence is typically a word I hear used in sex education. Right. Uh, talking about what you're saying, I'm just choosing to abstain. I'm choosing to abstain. Right, versus celibacy, yes. I usually hear that word associated with either Catholic or Orthodox mm-hmm. priest. Yep. Right, taking a vow of a celibacy and like saying this just won't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so in and so in a in a lot of ways I'm going, okay, I can see that in the religious context, but I can also say for the single person who still desires marriage, what you're saying is I'm even even somewhat uh, I'm going to abstain until I am married is somewhat connected to the I have a, r- ritual connection to God thing. Right. Yeah. And I've got a I've got a wide circle. I have been I have been very fortunate and very blessed to have such a wide circle of friends and acquaintances. And I do know somebody that it were the same age and um and and this is her life path. Mm, like sure. our life paths went in completely opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Um and and she has embraced this as a gift. Sure. Like 100%. It, like not abstaining, waiting for her husband to get here. This is her gift. She has given herself over to God, but she's out in the world. Yeah. You know, she's out in the world doing doing all of the things that, you know, that you do and still witnessing um, in the life that she lives. Good. Yeah. And again, I think Paul's going to drag us into this for sure. So, so, so this is where, this is where uh, Paul's going to continue from verse seven, talking about it, a gift that mm-hmm. they would, they would treat him as, and verse eight is so, uh, important for us uh, as we think about this, right? So I say to the unmarried uh, and to widows, okay? So people who have lost a spouse, uh, it's good for them if they remain as I am, all right? So so he's just affirming, you know what? Singleness is, it's good. It's okay, right? And again, you're going to learn that Paul actually pretty um, pretty much prefers that. But, but a little later, he's going to say he's not, he's not requiring it. He's not making it a command, but he's saying, now this is a pretty good situation for you to be in, which mm-hmm. again, like I, I remember very vividly a somewhat, I say vividly, but I don't actually, I, I, I vaguely actually remember a conversation of, there was a class that got on this topic when I was in seminary and like the married guys were mad at the professor for pointing out the truths that Paul says in here about singleness, <laughs> about saying it's good that Paul actually says it's probably better. Uh, and they're like, what do you mean it's better? And it, it really was like a divisive Thing. Oh, I'm sure. So it's a, sure. a different way to get canceled. Uh, but but it's so interesting to see how Paul just takes this very kind 
an affirming approach to Oh, something. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So verse nine, but if they do have self-control, keyword for this, this, this passage, they should marry. Uh, sorry, if they do not have, if they there do not is. have self-control, they should marry since it's better to marry than to burn with desire. Yo, that's a pretty critical verse, okay? Essentially what Paul is saying is, it's talking about your friend. Your friend's like, okay, I've got this gift. I don't really feel this desire to, uh, to, to get married, to have sex, these kind of things. Uh, Paul says, that's a great gift. Keep it, you know? Mm-hmm. But then he says, hey, but all you people out there, if you're burning with desire, uh, if you don't deal with that, you're going to cause have some problem. problems. So just go ahead and get married, mm-hmm. right? And yep. so it's just an interesting, again, to hear this, it sounds... Like I'm sure some people are hearing this for the very first time going, what? what? Uh, but it, but it's so kind of crucial for us. But that word self-control is so important to what Paul is talking about because we are human beings. We are physical beings. Yes, we are. Your bodies were designed to be able to create life mm-hmm. uh, through the process of sex that happens in marriage, right? That's right. all God's design the way that he did. And so so it's important to think about, uh, about that word self-control and am I able to control myself? Am I able to do these things? And again, it's a dangerous in today's, I just want to acknowledge it's dangerous for us to, to do this because I don't want to give permission for things that are outside of God's design. So just because you have a certain urge doesn't mean you're supposed to exercise it or that that it's God ordained because he designed your body and blah, 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 because that's right. the way our culture talks. Well, yeah, if it feels good, do it. And if you want to, do it because we have we've made God smaller than we are. We've made yes. God in our image instead of us being created in his image. Well, but then think of America too, right? Oh, the yeah. The land of the free, do whatever you do want. Do whatever you want. Great state of Texas, don't tell me what to do, right? And so we take that same attitude sometimes into this conversation. We That's do. not what we're saying. No. We're like, he's talking about self-control and not self-control because there is a way to, even in our sinful and fallen conditions, honor the way God has designed some things. And he actually even uses that word self-control a little bit earlier one of the ones we would have covered last week, he says, uh, do not deprive one another except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. He's talking to a married couple here. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Right. So basically saying, look, if you never exercise this, then you're not going to have self-control. It's going to be really destructive and Satan's going to be able to use that. Oh, he's going to jump on it. And, and I think I think this wouldn't be a shocker for us to say to people, Satan uses sex. And 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 uses sex in a way outside of God's design and tempts people to mm-hmm. that to break so many relationships, so many problems. Great precursor to to next to week's the next, episode, next episode for sure. Um, but uh, I want to notice there too in verse six. We we started a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of alluded to it. He says, "I say this as a concession, not as a command." When he's talking about yeah. singleness being a good thing, uh-huh. so so keeping all that in mind, self control, but also this concession that like. You know, if you can, that's great. If not, then seek, this is my summary, seek to honor God with whichever path he has you on. Exactly. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to be in communication with him. Yes. I mean, that is just to be in communication with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so in in 10 through 16, since we're talking about being unmarried, Mm -hmm. 10 to 16, he starts talking to married people again. Right. But then he picks this back up in verse 17, 17 through 24. Um. I know I've been reading. Do you want to read this one? No, go ahead. 17 through 24. Let us, I know, let the unmarried guy do it. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to defer. Let each one live his life in the situation the Lord has assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Okay, now this is what's interesting, Dallas, here is he's having this conversation about marriage and and, and unmarriedness, marriage and singleness. Um, But he's about to talk about some other things. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's about to talk about circumcision and not circumcision. He's about to talk about uh, the 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 doulos word, slave or servant, mm-hmm. right? So be different different than American slavery, right? Um, but still, in a situation, a relationship, you might not find kindly. So it's so it's really going to get interesting. But it's because he's trying to lead us into this conversation, continue this conversation about being unmarried, right? Okay. So uh, let each one live in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him, and when God called him, being when you believe the gospel, when you heard the word, when mm-hmm. faith was created in you. He says, was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. And I'm going, because you, you can't. Can't, yeah. uh, Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Uh, circumcision does not matter and uncircumcision does not matter. Keeping God's commands is what matters. Let each one of you remain in the situation in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't let it concern you. 
But if you can become free, by all means, take the opportunity. For he who is called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called as a freeman is Christ's slave. You were brought, bought at a price. Do not become slaves of people. Brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. Okay, so that section ends, but it's important to, again, remind ourselves because he's about to have another conversation about singleness mm-hmm. and to really dive into that unmarried piece. But again, kind of summarizing that, what he's saying is, look, you all came to faith. At different stages. At different stages. And get this, before you came to faith, you were living in the world. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You were probably doing things. Of the world. Of the world mm-hmm. and in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and you had certain statuses like circumcised, not circumcised, free, slave, that wherever you are and wherever God calls you, that's okay. That's where you start. So yeah. I, basically, he doesn't, he's not saying you have to clean yourself up or you have to follow Good. all of these rules before yes. you can become a believer, a believer in Christ. Um, that's not what he's seeing. He's, he, uh, somebody once told me that, you know, God loves me just as I am, but too much, he loves me too much to leave me as sure. I am, like Good. as he found me. So what Paul is saying here is that we all started at a different start off a different starting block. And uh, and that's okay. That's okay. We go forward from where we are right now. Exactly. And it's so interesting because I feel like there are conversations in the world about like how you want everybody to start at the same place. And, and we can't. I, and I appreciate Paul in particular saying, well, when it comes to this faith thing, it's impossible. Yeah. And we wouldn't want that. No. Especially because Jesus is in the, uh, in a lot of ways, the building up. Oh, I'm absolutely. take you from where you are and I'm, we're going to keep growing. It's growth. Jesus elevated every person he came into contact with. I mean, he just, he he would, that's why we wear bracelets. What would Jesus do? Well, he wouldn't do the things that I do, um, right. but he, he elevated everybody and he was, he made it, I don't want to say he made our past okay because it's not, it's sure. not necessarily okay. We redeemed it. But he redeemed us and he, he we got to start fresh and who yeah. doesn't like to, to a do-over? Well, think about the analogy of the story right? He rewrites our story. Oh, I love it. Uh, so it's not going toward the end that it deserves, No, right? Uh, and it's not going toward destruction anymore, uh, but it's going towards something beautiful and something made new, right? I love it. So there's this redeeming, rest- restoring side to all of this. Okay, so so Paul keeps going, and this will get us into some good conversations for sure. Uh, he says, so now, and how about, my, my translation says virgins. Does it say virgins? Mine says virgins too. Because okay. uh, another one, what does it say? Uh, or betrothed, not yet married. I have a footnote there. Okay. Okay, so now about the virgins, or those betrothed, uh, those not yet married. I have no commands from the Lord, but I do give an opinion as one who by the Lord's mercy is faithful. (laughs) I just love that. So Paul's again acknowledging, I have an opinion on this, but this isn't like a a divine revelation from God that I'm giving to you. This isn't a direct quote. This is a, what's what's the old uh, newspaper ask? Uh, Anne, ask Annie. Oh, Ann Landers. Yeah, asking it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is Paul basically saying, I do have some advice for you. Though. I don't have a command from, from the Lord, but I have an opinion. He says, because of the present distress, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Now notice like, again, we talked about circumcision, uncircumcision. We talked about slave free, but he's coming back to this conversation. Are you married or you're not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, verse 28. However, if you do get married, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned, but such people will have trouble in this life. I'm trying to spare you. So <laughs> I'm sitting here going. I wrote that down. I wrote that on my I wrote that on my paper. And he's like, you know, if you get married, you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. have really trouble. And my mind immediately went Old Testament that it's better to be on the corner of a leaky roof, you know, in a house with a leaky roof than than stuck with a quarrelsome wife. And I was going, poor Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> poor Jeff. But it's interesting because some people will read that and be like, Paul, that's offensive. That's really offensive. Guess what? Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Right. He's trying to acknowledge the fact that like, you know, marriage, again, marriage, the way God designed it in this world that is trying to corrupt everything that God designed. Marriage is hard. It is. It is difficult. And what he's about to kind of introduce for us is, here's the other reason why he's giving us this advice. Because your focus is going to change. Your focus is going to change if you're married or unmarried. Now, granted, he's not saying that's necessarily okay. 
He's saying there's going to be a temptation that's mm-hmm. going to introduce into your life mm-hmm. to change your focus away from what it should be. He says, this is what I mean, brothers and sisters. The time is limited. And what he means by that is Jesus is coming back. Okay? Yep. This is one of those times where he's saying Jesus is coming back. So he could be back at any point. And what he's about to say to us is, so, so because of that, we want to be honoring and respecting and living the way that he would expect us to do. So the time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as those uh, as though they didn't own anything. And those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current current form is passing away. I would argue that's pretty confusing. Yeah, I was like, you want to break that down for everybody? Essentially what Paul is saying is when Jesus comes back, the things you think matter in this world not. will not matter They anymore. won't matter. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the the stuff that you have. Yep, and Jesus says this too. Yeah, and, exactly. And Jesus, Jesus Turn warns us. Yeah, I mean, he's like, listen, you know, this is, it's just fleeting. All of all of this stuff is just stuff. Yes, that's what Paul's trying to break down here. He's trying to point us back to what is actually going to matter, and mm-hmm. and at the heart of it is going to be just our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the ultimate thing that is never going to change. That is going to last through eternity. So certain things, right? We shouldn't, and, it, and it's not trying to take away meaning that we do have in things that God has given to us. It's just trying to put priorities in the right spot. Right. Yeah. So that's where he's saying, uh, don't, you know, all the stuff, all, even the past, your present, the, the hardships, the joys, the, all the other things. Think about the, the whole trophies conversation. Like I was the kid, my room was super annoying when I was in high school because every trophy I ever received was on display. Nice. Yeah, plaques, uh, certificates. I was not as athletic. Much as I, I did not have any. But like even academic, right? You know, there was all sorts of stuff. And I was like, what were you trying to prove, dude? You know, but because at the end, and this is where I got to by the, by the time I graduated college was like, none of that matters. Who right. cares? You know, like, why do we give trophies out? Anyways, it's interesting. So verse 32, Paul keeps going after saying, look, at the end, that stuff's not going to matter when Jesus comes back because the time is limited. Verse 32, I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper, and so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. Okay, so so we hold on to that because because Paul is saying, look, when you have this gift of singleness or this season of your life when you are unmarried, right, your attention should not be on the things of this world, but your relationship. That's a great opportunity for your relationship with God to thrive. It was so interesting. This uh, January we started the uh, uh, starting our year without hurry series on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Right, you can also find it on uh, the Trinity Klein Lutheran Church YouTube channel. Yep. Those messages. And I remember talking about my new routine, my evening routine, my morning routine. Uh, and it's a significant amount of time compared to what I thought was possible, but it's because I read this wonderful book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, made some changes. It finally, after 10 years of talking about it, finally made some great changes. And I remember talking to a friend of mine, coworker, and uh, basically they said to me, man, Single life's great, huh? (laughs) Essentially. Essentially, yes. Because, so uh, my kids are out of the house. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff and I are empty nesters. And you would think, I thought, that as soon as I got the last one Mm -hmm, out, mm -hmm. that my days were going to just magnificently fold out in front of me. And I was going to have, you know, so much time. That is so much false advertising. Like, that's not a thing. And I mean, they... The kids still call. They still call yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, my my youngest is, you know, very much an adult. And he's like, mom, I need to make a, an eye doctor appointment. Can you do that? No, baby. I can't. <laughs> you're, you're grown. So, but but the the devotion, my, my translation says be devoted. Sure. That it's going to allow you to be devoted to the Lord. And when you're married and when you have kids, your your priority shifts. Your plate I mean, fills it, up. It, it fills up very, very quickly. And if you are not super intentional about devoting time and being, you know, scheduling, we, we live by our schedules, mm-hmm. we live by our calendars, by our, you know, our phones ding all the time. Um, if you are not very, very intentional about that, 
your priorities have, uh, they're much easier to shift out of place. Yeah. And so that's what Paul is saying is like, if you're single, you can devote all of this because you don't have any distractions. Sure. You don't have as many. Yeah. And that's where like, and it can become a dangerous conversation too. I've seen this because I've seen the church take advantage of unmarried people and be like, well, you have all the time. You have all the time. Married people say this all the time. And I was like, oh yeah, because I'm just sitting around. And, and, And what it is though, as much as I want to say that, then there's the other side of me that came to the realization that Lee, you do have more time. And, and, the, and, and this is a conversation for every person. It doesn't matter if you're single or married. Uh, you have a lot of time. It's just how are you choosing how to are, yeah. use it? How are you choosing to devote it? Because like, right, single people still have relationships with their families. Mm-hmm. Um, still have connections, phone calls, and things like that, whatever that means. Or the family, like so there's all the, the conversation of new families, right? Your your church community, your church family, different things like that. So we have different responsibilities, but and we're all called to balance. And I'm just saying from a single perspective, maybe maybe I'm just claiming the Lehof perspective because that's all I can claim right now. Um, but I have started to realize that yes, this this pattern I have is wonderful. But when marriage comes, when kids come, all of a sudden, I, that's that's a that's a journey, a working together of what does this mean now? It's not as easy, so to speak, even though it's not always easy, right? Because life happens, you get distracted, you get involved, all these other things. You want to watch the television show, you want to do that. Satan's great at distracting us. I oh, think he that's is, his, yeah. his good thing. But I recognize that's going to change, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to be tough. And And especially the pledge of marriage is you matter more than I matter to myself. Right. Right? right? So all of a sudden, it's about how do we do this together? How do we become one? Which is just a very different and new challenge that brings more time with it when, right. when that time comes. So good. I think we've, yeah. Uh, I'm always like, let's balance every side of the equation because I do think this is such a uh, potentially controversial conversation. It is. And yeah. you wouldn't necessarily think just by looking at the title, you know, hey, we're going to talk about singleness. Oh, by the way, this is controversial. Yeah. You know, this is a, this is a, a could be a, a potential flashpoint for, for a, a not God honoring conversation. Yeah. And because you see, you do see both sides of it where you've got your, the, the single side, you know, what do you mean? I don't matter. What do you mean that I have, I have all yeah. of these, you know, you're saying that my time is not valuable. And you know, because you have a spouse and you have kids, suddenly you are more important than I am. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. That's, that's Good. absolutely not what we're saying. There's no, this is not a competition. This is not yes. a competition. Yes. Well, and, and and again, there's not levels. Like, like we, no. we would we would joke in seminary about how it was almost there was a competition of the married couples to have more kids than the others, but like there was, but there is a tendency that oftentimes uh, either side of the coin yep. in our communities can feel left out. Oh, hundred percent. So, so I can certainly tell you, like, there have been opportunities for me that I wasn't invited to because I wasn't married or I wasn't invited to, and I'm not saying like things that were specifically for couples, but seemed like normal things where because I wasn't married, because I didn't have children, I wasn't invited because a lot was assumed. And I think, again, trying we're trying to get back to the word, but like the just practical advice for people out there, like just ask, let a person decide for themselves, right? Because there was this tendency, churches do this all the time, Dallas, and, and Trinity's been guilty of it, uh, to want to have a single, we need to have a singles group. And a lot of times people do that because um, they want people to get married, which is a beautiful desire for people, 100%. But it's also one of those things of like only each individual knows the fullness of their own calling, That's their it. own situation yep. in life, the things that they're wrestling with and dealing with. And so we got to respect people for who they are um, as much as you desire. And I see it all the time, right? You always have the, oh, we got to have our grandbabies. So you need to get married. Oh, I was guilty kids. of that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's one of those like, like well, but you were guilty with your now married son, correct? Well, now married son, yes. But yeah. I've told my children from the beginning that, you know, you have one job. I That's want a, I so want, funny. I want a grandbaby from each of you. Just one, just one. <laughs> and that'll give me, that'll give me three grandbabies. And, and then you will have fulfilled your duty to me. That's so funny. They know I'm kidding. Yeah. Sort of. But they, but, oh, they know but that. That's a good, that's a good, and a topic we didn't hit in this month, but also the, the, you never know no, what you someone's don't. story is. No. You don't know their ability. Because that's another thing that you'll get is young married couples getting all the pressure to have children. And, and sometimes can't. they come to find out that they can't. Yeah. And so it's not because God is judging them or something Mm-mm. like that. That's not in the word. You won't find that there. 
Like you will find certain times and instances of the Old Testament where God was passing judgment on a certain couple, but that doesn't mean it's a blanket schedule or statement right. for other people. And so there's an, there's an acknowledgement as much as people want to be very flippant. And I, I would use that word. Yeah, that's a good word. Very flippant with the conversation of singleness, marriedness, mm-hmm. uh, and children. Mm-hmm. We can't, friends. No. If we really want to value people, we've just got to love them where they're at. Uh, be curious, not judgmental, like that kind of a thing. Uh, and then, yeah, assume, just assume people are able to honor God at whatever stage of life they're in. So kind of keeping going, we have four more verses, five more verses to, to see here in, in 1 Corinthians 7. Paul says, if a man thinks he is acting improperly toward uh, the unmarried one, the virgin he then is engaged, engaged to, uh, if she's getting beyond the usual age for marriage and he feels he should marry, he can do what he wants. He's not uh, sinning. They can get married, right? Because Paul's again saying, I'm encouraging you all to stay single. If you're going to get married, get married. (laughs) It's kind of a funny, like, sometimes I just laugh at things that are said here. Um, But he who stands firm in his heart, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his own will and has decided in his heart to keep her as his fiance will do well. So then he who marries, so he literally is talking to people that are betrothed to be married and saying, ah, if you if you both want to just stay betrothed and not have to do the the sex thing, then like by all means stay that way. <laughs> Talking about a life an eternally uh, long engagement, he says. Okay, so he, he wraps it up, verse thirty eight. So then he who marries his fiance does well, but he who does not marry will do better. And this is just Paul's opinion. Okay, uh, verse thirty nine. A wife is bound as long as her husband is living, but if her husband dies, she's free to be married to anyone she wants, only in the Lord but she is happier if she remains as she is, in my opinion. And, and then again, that's Paul saying, in my opinion, that is not Pastor Lee saying, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that I also have the spirit of God. Funny again, man, I, think, I, I do like Paul. I like yeah. Paul. I like Peter. Peter was very, you know, he, Boom. Yeah. like to the point, um, but Paul didn't pull any punches. Like he just, he didn't pull mm-hmm. any punches. Mm-hmm. That was just who he was. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I just offend you? Let me let me do it again and let me break it down into a different way and I'll see if I can hit you the second time. He's very straightforward in what he's saying. He's like, if you want to be if you want to be married, fine, go ahead. However, there's going to be a lot of trouble that follows you into yeah. in, into your marriage, and so be as I am and avoid all of that. I remember my first year of seminary. This is kind of a fun story. We were going to a Greek festival in St. Louis. Why not? Right? Greek food, fantastic. In St. Louis. In St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, there was a tour of the Greek Orthodox Church. So all these seminarians, you know, we're all together, buddy buddies. And we're like, yeah, why not? Let's go on a tour of the, of the church. And as we're doing it, the, the tour guide allows for questions to be asked. And one of the married guys asks, uh, well, I, I, my understanding is in the Greek Orthodox Church, like your priests are single. Are they allowed to be married? And the guy responds. And again, we have a mixture of unmarried guys and married guys in the group there. First thing he says, he goes, well, we believe a married priest is a dumb priest. <laughs> like very first thing that he said. And y'all, he's going to 1 Corinthians 7. That's yeah. what he's doing. He's taking on, adopting the attitude of Paul in this situation. Uh-huh. And it was so funny. And then he goes to say like, but you know, yeah, they're allowed to if they really want to. And it's, so, so, so it's funny that Orthodox, and I would assume Catholic church as well, because I've, I've, I've come to understand and a Catholic correct us, a Roman Catholic correct us for sure. Uh, but I think you could be married as a priest in the Catholic Church. It's just very rare. I've never heard of that. I know, I know. Like I think I've never I think heard of recent, that. Actually, but anyways, because they're all pointing to First Corinthians seven, yeah, and saying basically, if you're unmarried, you can give your full attention to the the church and to right. Jesus and your relationship there. And there's just a better chance that there won't be the other struggles and things like that. And that's really what Paul's saying. Paul's saying here. So again, we get to think about this as a as a as a great affirmation for those who are single, that God could have this gift in your life, um, that you could be single and that's your calling. Um, and if you and it's okay to still be single and desire marriage and and pray for it, yeah, and think about it and be open to it. Um, but in the meantime, too, it's about finding peace with where you're at. I mean, that's how I would summarize First Corinthians seven: is just be at peace with where you are, what situation God has placed. Ask all you want to. Right. And Paul Paul definitely, Paul asked for everything in his ministry. He gave credit he to God for everything that he had. Yep. So whatever your your desire is, it's just stay self-controlled. 
um, and honor God and don't give into the temptations that Satan's going to throw your way, especially in your freedom as a single In your person. freedom, yeah. And that is something is that I think we, we have a tendency to overlook yes. is that um, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Mm-hmm. And it it's on us when we can't recognize what that gift is. Like God, uh, he provides everything that we need in every season. And, but sometimes we're a little short-sighted mm-hmm. or a little blinded and we don't, we're not able to recognize the gift for what it is. Yes. And I think it's very easy. I think it would be very easy to overlook the gift of singleness. Very easy. Uh, especially in a culture that is throwing all of these, you know, when are you going to get married? When are you going to find a man? When are you going to find a girl? Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things uh, at, at people. And it would be just easy to, to overlook that. And what's so interesting, it is probably in our more Protestant circles that that, that conversation is the hardest to, to wrestle with. Because I think about, like the Catholic church or the Orthodox churches, like they will very much like at a certain age be like, so you thinking about being a nun? You thinking about, and it's an, and it's an honoring question. It is. You think I could pull off being a nun? Thank you. You think I could pull off being a priest? Thank you. Right. You know, versus like the Protestant conversation, if you were to say, you could be a pastor. Uh, no, <laughs> like, it's know. so interesting. It really is. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I'm not saying that's always, because I know for me, it was very honoring to hear that question asked of me because I just, like didn't see it. I did, but I didn't. Satan was working hard on my heart. Oh, that's um, so crazy. I can't I, I I can't imagine you not being a pastor. That's so You're funny. Really right? good at it. Yeah. Well, thank you. But this is this this is where it just gets really interesting though. So so again, I think first Corinthians seven sets the tone for us uh in in a, such a great way. There's only one other passage though that we even wanted to dabble in, and that was in Matthew nineteen. So Jesus actually speaks about this. He does. Uh, but he uses a word uh as he talks about people that would be unmarried that we have to kind of unpack because there's kind of three different places in this passage, Dallas, that if you'll read it for us. It's two verses. And, oh, yeah, and two. I mean, just, it, it, it's a very short oh, passage. Oh, I added 10. Add 10 you did, add, because I, yeah. I was looking at that too. 11's hard without, or to understand without 10. Without 10. Yeah. So uh, Matthew 19, starting in verse 10, the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, is it, it is better not to marry? Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Yeah. So again, did you notice like that, that it was, didn't use the word gift, but it used the word given. Given, yeah. Right? So, so, and it's like weird because it's using this word that we don't use in culture today, eunuch, mm-hmm. okay? So, so I, and I had to do a little research myself just to make sure I was grounded in what I understood okay. with this. Jesus kind of gives us three different things for what a eunuch is, okay? Mm-hmm. One, the second one that he gives us is made yeah. by men. This means that physically, uh, and we still see this in the world today, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but physically, people have changed people's, uh, what's the appropriate way to say this? Sexual organs, yep. right? I was going to use the G word and I was like, that's nope, that can't do that. Yep. Change them so that they can't make babies. They can't, right. they can't participate in sexual activities. So they will, they will, there will be something surgically done. Okay. Made by man. Made but by man. Then there's this, this weird language that Jesus uses to start us by saying born this way, born eunuchs. And sometimes that is talking about physically, right? Because we live in a fallen and a sinful world. Sometimes that's confusing down there, mm-hmm. right? Very rarely, very small percentage of people, but that's it. But then he also is referencing those who just don't have this inclination and temptation to want to have sex, Yep. right? So it's just the people that don't feel that need, have complete self-control uh, in it, right? Don't desire the physical things. And then finally, he says a third way, made themselves, all right? So what he's saying here is some has been given the ability to say, mm. I have that desire, but, but I'm, I'm not going to exercise it. Yep. Right. I'm going to set aside those desires mm-hmm. for this. Right. And this is all in a conversation of something that we'll tackle in a couple of episodes a couple about episodes. divorce. Right. right. It's talking about divorce. That's where the question came from in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I love how he said it. Not everyone can accept this. Not everyone can accept this. It's hard. It's difficult to hear that. Right. Because people are like, wait, 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 wait. It's almost like people are going, you mean everyone's not like me? Exactly. And that is, that's a great way to put that because I think that it's super tempting and easy 
to distance ourselves from the actual humanity of the people that are in the Bible. Yes. And so we all have that inclination. Like, what do you mean you don't think the way that I do? What yeah. do you What do you mean that this person is not just like I am? I mean, I thought we were all the same. Um, we're not. We're not. And and Jesus points to this. Paul builds on it um, as the you know we all have different gifts and we all and we all serve different purposes. Mm-hmm. That is something that Jesus is is zeroing in on for his disciples. Is that no? We're we're not all the same. We're yeah. not all the same. Yep. And and for us to acknowledge this, because I think particularly in the conversation about being unmarried, because the truth of the matter is, get this, everybody's unmarried at some point. Yep. You don't start married, friends. Uh, so this is this speaks to if we happen to have any high school listeners or college listeners or people of that age, younger age, not yet married, like this is important, right? Because we do in the time before we're married, we're asked to set aside yep. those desires to yep. honor God's design for our lives and for our spouse, our future spouse. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's a time where that's going to happen when the rest of the world is going to say, yeah. ah, no, 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 go. Go do, uh, sow your say, wild eat, oats. Drink, sow your wild oats and be mm-hmm. merry, right? So go and have fun. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing it. Like this is the way the world, this is the way that Satan uses the yep. conversation about sex, which is why I'm so glad we've established what love is, what sex is, mm-hmm. what dating is, what marriage is, before we got into this conversation even about singleness, because it's all coming together, friends. Like that we have to be able to acknowledge that we're all called at some point in our lives yeah. to set these desires aside for a time, right? For a They're time. Kind of coming full circle back mm-hmm. to the conversation of abstinence and, and celibacy. Uh, and again, the one who is, look at where Jesus ends it. The one who is able to accept it should accept it. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So all of a sudden we have Paul having his conversation in 1 Corinthians 7, but he, but he is getting a word from the Lord, right? Yep. With Jesus saying, if you can't accept it, accept it, right? And you got to come to terms with, not everybody feels that way, not everybody does this. And there and, and there is, a we live in a fallen and a sinful world yeah. where everybody can't be married. No. It's not going to be possible for 100% when they're fully grown to be able to be married. Mm-mm. And Jesus is saying, acknowledge that until I come back. Right, which right. is interesting too, because the whole like, are we married in heaven conversation? We are not going to talk I'm about that today. In. I know, I know, but I, I'm doing it. I'm currently doing death, dying, and resurrection, and that was one of the we we just had a class on uh, the last two classes are uh, about uh, the new creation is the last class, and so what's true in the new creation? We get to have that. We got to have that conversation, and then uh, you had the last day as well, and so it's it all comes up to have all our questions about when Jesus returns. But yeah, summarizing in Dallas. When you're thinking about the fullness of the conversation we just had about being unmarried, being single. Being unmarried and being single is uh, it, it should not have the negative connotations attached to it that we as a society have placed on it. That being single uh, is actually, um, can be and should be viewed as a gift of God, just like being married is a gift from God. Um, but being single and being devoted to, to, to God is just as much of a gift. Yep. But those two gifts are not given to every single person. Exactly. In exactly the same way. Exactly. And I think the word that I would summarize, not a word that that Paul uses, but certainly a very biblical word, uh, is uh, set apart or holy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right? The goal is not, as as our culture has done with purity, which we'll get into this in the next episode for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm certain. Uh, it's not really that. It's not being sinless. We're not going to no, be we're sinless, not friends. Be sinless. We're going to mess up. But the goal is holiness, being set apart, using your singleness in a way that honors God mm-hmm. and his design for your life. Right. And the same thing is true for your marriage. Right. Right. Honoring right. what that means to keep that holy and undefiled. Right. right? So we'll get into that too. Uh, Cause our next episode is going to be oh. Dallas. This oh. is, this is the next episode y'all is one of the ones that we thought, one of the ones that we thought we would do from the start, mm-hmm. but now that it's here, it's like okay. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, like it was the one of the fear of getting canceled. But as I appreciate uh, one of our, our, our well, our young editor uh, of our videos and our podcast shared with us, like if you're just saying what the word says, you're not the one getting canceled. It's God's word. We're gonna be talking about sexual sins. Yep. Uh, in our next episode, so in this month where love is the topic, uh, we're gonna talk about all things. Uh, love. And then certainly as we've talked about design for marriage, design for dating, uh, design for sex, uh, design for singleness, 
maybe maybe you've brought in a little bit of like, oh gosh, this baggage. is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I've got some baggage with me. I'm feeling a little guilty. Good news. Jesus takes those things away. He takes away the guilt, takes away the shame because uh, he loves you. He died for you. He took care of these things. So we're going to be talking about sexual sins in our next episode. Definitely join us for that. Should be a fun one. It'll be interesting. And, that- and uh, But we're going to continue to look to God's word and see what it says. Yep. So... And there's plenty in there. Plenty. There's plenty. plenty. So plenty much more, in there. So much more than you ever hear. Yeah. Typically in Christian circles. Right. So, but before we get there, I'd love to close this with a word of prayer. Pray us out. And uh, especially as we talk about singleness, uh, yeah. being unmarried, and how we can use that to honor God. I think so. Good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for uh, your gifts uh, that are new to us every single morning, especially, Lord, the gift of your grace, your love. Uh, and your forgiveness and that is given to us freely that we don't have to earn, that we can't pay for. It's not possible. Uh, But Lord, especially as we think about this podcast, Lord, we thank you for those in whom you have entrusted this gift of singleness, Uh, this this season for some, this lifetime for others uh, of being unmarried, of, of not... Uh, participating uh, in in sex, but but honoring the design that you have for their singleness, their their set apartness, and Lord uh, their holiness, right? And Lord, we just simply ask that uh, no matter what the past has looked like, you would help uh, all of us who are unmarried to continue, uh, or for some to start to learn what it means uh, to, to to be set apart, to to honor your design, to see it as a gift, and to trust you and ask you for the things that we desire. Lord, help us all to have self-control. Help us all to be able to resist the temptations of Satan, uh, to, to, to push out his lies that somehow our value is not uh, as strong as others because we're not married. Uh, but rather, Lord, to be able to, to use this as a gift, to honor you, to glorify you, to get to know you better as, as we come to see the depth of how much you know us. And Lord, for us to be able to glorify you and and. and whatever walk of life it is that you have given to us. So Lord, help us, help us, strengthen us, give us courage, give us patience, give us peace, especially on this topic uh, and help us to glorify you in everything that we think, everything that we say and everything that we do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, as always, if you enjoyed this conversation, share it, share it, uh, keep it talk going Talk about it, keep the conversation going. Greatest way to glorify it. And uh, the, the work that's being done for the What's the Word podcast. And as always, ask questions. I mean, we get these are pretty interesting. That's my word for when I don't have another word for something. Yep. Pretty interesting topics. And so hopefully this was uh, affirming for some people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it was eye-opening for others to right. see what the Bible actually says about certain topics so we can continue to glorify Him because of the work that His Word is doing in our lives. We'll see you next time. Next time. Next time.